Reach in, take a slip of paper, and you're going to make an analogy to curiosity with whatever is on that slip of paper. And I have to tell you, sometimes um, I am surprised by what comes out of this jar (laughs) because I'm not the only one who put things in here. You're listening to WERALP, Arlington, Virginia, 96.7 FM, streaming and on demand at WERA.FM. Coming to you from the studios at Arlington Independent Media, I'm your host, Lynn Borton, and this is Choose to be Curious. Welcome. The following scene is a reenactment. was the death of my big jar of wannabe analogies. There I was, minding my own business, working away diligently at my desk, when a 10-pound hand weight just leapt from my file cabinet and landed with shattering precision on top of my beloved mason jar. There were glass shards and scraps of paper everywhere. The big jar was no more. It was instead a big mess. But the big jar lived a good life, and today's show is a tribute to it and the richness analogies bring to life in general, and these shows in particular. Analogies help us understand something new by framing it with something perhaps more familiar. I thought there would be a fun addition to a show whose true mission is to get people to see things differently anyway. my very first show with teacher Michaela Pond, talking about curiosity and learning, I revealed my inner nerd. And I remember loving the invitation to kind of make things more interesting, to kind of turn them on their side, think about it differently. So in that spirit, I know it's kind of geeky, but I was really sad when they took analogies out of the SATs. Because to me, analogies are a way to explore or explain something, I don't know, differently. So I have this big jar of wannabe analogies. It's filled with scraps of paper with random words. And Kayla, I want us each to take a slip and make an analogy to curiosity. Okay. All right. That sounds like my kind of game. <laughs> I can do this. All right. So I'll go first. That okay. seems fair, right? Okay. So let's see. My slip of paper says almost doesn't matter what the word is. Those slips of paper have said all sorts of things over the months. Stapler, love, nail polish, spork. Recently, I ended up with walrus. They range from the sublime to the ridiculous. And the only real constant is that no one gets off the show without making some kind of analogy to curiosity. Not even TED Talk superstar Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor, who thought she was joining me to talk about our brains on curiosity and found herself contemplating popsicles and and bats. apply curiosity with. But you have to be willing to do that. You have to be willing to do that. So that's a great segue. Um, And would you be willing to make an analogy to curiosity? You know, I have this jar of wannabe analogies. I have pulled out three slips. Your slip is um, Popsicle. My slip says bats. And we had a listener request that listeners get an analogy as well. And theirs is a breeze. Take a moment, Jill, and think about what analogy you can make to curiosity from Popsicle. And I will think about bats. You go first. Okay. (laughs) I want to hear one first. (laughs) 
Well, this is like taking a walk, right? I'm going to see right. one thing. You're going to see something else. All right. All right. Um, curiosity is like bats um, because it often flies around in the dark, doesn't mind the dark, um, and responds to things that other people might not necessarily see, um, but contributes importantly to our environment. Wow, this is a profound program. <laughs> okay, is it my turn? It is your turn. Okay, okay. So um, curiosity is like a popsicle in that you have, you may initially have the perspective that it's a solid, um, and yet somehow miraculously, if you take the time to explore it long enough in a warmer temperature, it actually shifts uh. its entire state <laughs> into being a liquid. Love so it. it's, it's that time that it takes to really explore and give it an opportunity to be perceived in a different way. I love that people have fun with it. In fact, I loved it so much, I used some of them for my very first promo here on the station. Fingerprints are like curiosity in that each person's is unique. Curiosity is like crayons. Peanut butter. Knife. Popsicle. Jellyfish. (laughs) Come. Choose to be curious. I dropped in for office hours with Marymount Professor of Language and Literature, Tanya Howe, who joined me some time ago to talk about the language we use to express and describe curiosity. We had such fun talking the first time. I was confident she could help me out. An analogy kind of compares two things. So it's a lot like a metaphor. It's a metaphor. A metaphor is a kind of analogy. A simile is a kind of analogy. So it compares sort of two unlike things and finds their commonality so that you can see something about both of those things or about something new that you hadn't seen before. So I think it's it's very creative. It's a way of of generating a meaning that doesn't already have a word. You have to kind of make the meaning out of other things, which I think is fascinating because I think it's a testament to the power of language, the way that language, you know, we we, we think of it as very much about this concrete communicative thing, but it's also creative and it and it creates things outside of of it, of what it actually says. So you can it can be it can become something else, right? I often see them in poetry. I see them very visibly in poetry um, because the poetic form requires you to compress so much. So so you have to, like the, the goal of writing a good poem is in some way to, to be able to say as much as you can, as exactly as you can, but without a lot of words. So you have to kind of be creative and, and build on what people already know. So this, this is what Nietzsche says. Um, this is in on truth and lying in an extra moral sense. He says, every idea originates through equating the unequal. And that's an analogy, right? Every idea originates through equating the unequal. As certainly as no one leaf is exactly similar to any other, so certain it is that the idea of leaf has been formed through an arbitrary omission of those individual differences, through a forgetting of the differentiating qualities. So, you know, he talks about ideas having to, he talks about ideas sort of being built out of, out of metaphor. And truth is another thing that's built out of metaphor. And we forget that they're metaphors and we take them as, as truth, right? So what we need to do is kind of reinvest language with the sense that it is a, um, you know, that it is something we create. You know, I was listening to the radio this morning when I was driving in, or maybe it was yesterday morning, and I was thinking about this question, right? And they were, they were talking about gun violence as an epidemic. Uh, and I thought, that's an analogy, right? Because they're analogizing healthcare context to 
gun violence context. And the the premise of the radio show they were advertising for a radio show, they, they were like, if we're going to continue to use this analogy, then we ought to take it seriously and let's see where it goes, right? So that's one that I think is very topical. And we hear it all the time. We hear it. We, we use it all the time. Um, and we kind of don't think of it as a metaphor, as an analogy. I think reinvesting language with that kind of flexibility and acknowledging that it is there and that it's something we create. It doesn't just exist, right? We, we talk that way. We create that idea. And it carries meaning whether or not, it carries meaning whether or not we, you know, we want it to, right? <laughs> Unlike the analogies of my adolescence, those SATs, or even the still operational graduate school Miller analogy test, where there were right answers, there are no wrong answers here. And guests like Sarah Priestman can move from intimate discussions on things like gender identity to puppies. Okay, so I have puppies. Puppies. Uh, puppies are, that's a pretty good one around curiosity because they come out, you know, they're they're playful and adorable. And well, one of the things we love about them is how um, awestruck they are by, by anything and how affectionate they are and how they love us and how we love them. So curiosity can be just like that. We can just love the experience um, and always find it something really that we want to play with. I really like mine. Curiosity is like embers, that glowing warmth that they give off. It's a sort of a steady, steady warmth that it gives you, but you just provide a little bit of blow on it, a little bit of breath to it, and it starts glowing and can turn into a flame. And so if you really cultivate the curiosity, you'll get this deep heat and from a small spark or a small ember. You'll turn someone's life passion on, on fire. The slips with their words are genuinely random, but Michael Swisher has a whole theme he uses in his work with families and adolescents about sparking interest, and he got embers. Of course, that's one of the subtexts here, where we look for analogies, we will find them. If we look more, we will find more. If we choose to see connections, we will. I'm going to take a pause here. This week is WERA's first ever winter fun drive, and we're looking for your help. If you love what you hear from Radio Arlington, if you look forward to our eclectic electric selection, if you value independent voices, if we matter to your day in any way, I hope you'll visit WERA.FM and click Donate. We're your only community radio station here in Arlington, and we want to stick around to serve you. Please donate today, right now, so you won't forget. If you're in the car, don't do it right now. But when you get home and you get out of the car, then donate. We're running the drive through December 10th, but don't wait until then. You know the analogy, early money is like yeast. It helps the dough rise. So the sooner you make your donation the more likely other people are to make a donation. So don't keep your generosity a secret. Again, it's WERA.FM. Show us some love. If you'd asked me just over two years ago if I thought I'd ever be on the radio, let alone hosting a show of my own, I'd have laughed out loud, long and loud, not even on my radar. And then I found Arlington Independent Media. And the rest is curiosity history. In the last year, AIM trained nearly 1,000 people and produced nearly 400 programs, including about 100 radio shows here on WERA. 
All of that creative and technical work is done by volunteers who just want to bring you great music, interesting conversations, and fresh perspectives that you can't get anywhere else. But the equipment and facilities and training and licenses and everything else cost money, a lot of money. And frankly, we need your help to ensure we can keep offering great content for you and the rest of the community. Remember, WERA.FM, click and donate. Choose to be generous. Thanks. John Pollock, a former Bill Clinton speechwriter and author of a book called Shortcut, How Analogies Reveal Connections, Spark Innovation, and Sell Our Greatest Ideas, sees what he calls analogical instinct, the ability to see how certain things are like other things, as at the root of sales and of all innovation. One of the greatest examples of that kind of innovation is Bill Klan, who worked for Henry Ford. Back in 1913, he was the one who saw an analogy between butchering cows and building cars. And so the assembly line was born. In Pollock's words, Klan, quote, saw through the superficial differences between slaughtering animals and assembling cars. There, at the heart of both processes, lay an underlying structural analogy waiting to be exploited. So this is potent stuff. I've been listening to Walter Isaacson's new biography of Leonardo da Vinci. Needless to say, it's wonderful. He quotes British art historian Kenneth Clark in describing Leonardo as, quote, the most relentlessly curious person in history. So you can see why I'm interested. But imagine my delight when Isaacson devoted some time to Leonardo's reliance on none other than analogies. Leonardo kept extensive notebooks with fabulous drawings and studies on everything from the flow of water to the structure and operation of a woodpecker's tongue. He used visual analogies to help him see things more clearly, sketching things like trees that he envisioned as the human circulatory system or drawing an analogy between the microcosm of man and the macrocosm of the universe. He looked for those connections, and he found them. According to an interesting article in Scientific American, analogical reasoning is considered the pinnacle of cognition. It only develops in humans between the ages of three or four, and yet crows show some degree of comprehension. Think about that the next time you hear someone called bird brain. I've posted a lengthy article from the Harvard Business Review about the use of analogies in strategic business contexts on the Facebook page. Check it out. According to the article, some of the country's foremost strategy consultants are famed for their ability to draw lessons from one industry and apply them to another. They use analogies. Think of it as cross-training for your brain. Your love is like clean water, as clear as the nighttime sky. Set your love. It's like clean water, baby. I'm such a lucky guy. I'm such a lucky guy. I've been a lucky gal to have Scott Nickham join me not once but twice to talk about leadership and trust here on the show. Each time he's jumped right in on the analogies using a playful yes and approach that would make any improv artist proud. Curiosity is like soft serve ice cream. Because it's something that you have to sort of dive into 
because um, it'll get away from you, <laughs> and it will get all over you as you are consuming it. And it's such a pleasure to savor. Wow, you've done this before. <laughs> that was that was. It great. is true. I have done a few of these, but each one is new. Go <laughs> ahead. I want to hear what you have. Okay, saltwater taffy. Inspired by the visual you were painting with your analogy, I think saltwater taffy is actually a pretty easy one for me because uh-huh. it's a candy that if you try to eat too quickly, it gets stuck and you really don't get to taste the essence of it. I think saltwater uh-huh. taffy, like curiosity, needs to sit with you for a while and kind of melt on your tongue. And the payoff is a different flavor profile, I think, than if you were to just try to bite and um, power your way through that little chunk of taffy. I love that. I will never eat saltwater taffy the same way. Sometimes, as with comic book author Tom King, they're suddenly quite poignant. So, uh, Tom, you want to make an analogy to laughter with curiosity? Curiosity is to laughter as to. This is like a... You, well, you can do it that way or like, let's see, if I were to say curiosity is like rowing a boat um, because it can get you from one place to another, but it can be a little tippy sometimes. <laughs> and if you're not careful, you're going to get very, very wet. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. All right. Your turn. Um, curiosity is like laughter uh, because it's something you need in your life, you want in your life, and too often you find yourself pretending you have it. I have rain. So curiosity is like rain, where, where it's a, it can be looking at gloomy sky, but also rain washes pain and hurt. It could be like tears. And curiosity can be can lead to painful places, but also there is sun that shines and there is rainbow ah. that follows. So it's hope. Yeah, yeah. It's got a very silver lining quality about it. It is. It's some it's some pain, but there's hope. Nice. And I think uh, we all need help. Dr. Rhea Kierbeck, who works at the VA in narrative medicine, found curiosity's tender underbelly. And so did journalist Drew Costa. Uh, curiosity is like a jellyfish. Oh, man. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it can sting those who, it can sting those in, in its own defense. It can, it, oh. Or it can sting others in its own defense in order to be respected. Uh, it's, it's, it's somewhat amorphous. Uh, and it can sort of transform in order to fit different situations. And I can't think of anything else. <laughs> wow, but I w- I, let me just say, if this were an analogy slam, man, you just won. That was great. Thanks. <laughs> that was fun. I've been pretty shameless about drawing others into the analogy thing and delighted to have audience members play along. Have you joined in? You should. In my efforts to try all sorts of strategies to build my audience, I tried a little online contest for the analogy, and here's our winner. I am Barb Siegel, and the challenge was to compare curiosity to a rosebud. 
I am so thrilled with my that I won. A rosebud unfolds, revealing greater beauty and complexity. Eventually, the petals fall off, and you may find the seeds of a new possibility. And I managed to get some folks at Clarendon Day to play along with me as well. So in my show, I ask my guests to do an analogy to curiosity. So we, we pull a word out of a jar, and then they have to come up with an analogy to curiosity. Would you like to give that a try? Okay, go ahead. No, you go ahead, baby. No, you go ahead. <laughs> all right, no, there you go. All right. No, that's all right. All right. So, take I would say curiosity is like an airplane because it's always taking you to new places. Very cool. I don't know if I have a high enough SAT score for this. <laughs> no one has ever failed this activity, ever. Time limit? No time limit. Okay. Okay, so go ahead. Can I, can I phone a friend? <laughs> the word is dandelions. And uh, dandelions are more than a flower. They're a symbol, aren't they? Dandelions are something that you pick up uh, when you're a kid and where, when the world has not drummed curiosity out of you, and uh, you blow on the dandelion, and it scatters in all directions. And it's a, it's a moment for reflection, and it's a moment for uh, turning within and relaxing a little bit, and exercising your curiosity about the world. That's how I feel about dandelions. I think my favorite was this dad and his adorable little daughter. Part of what I loved was his modeling, not only of curiosity, but of analogies themselves. Our word is walking. How can we do with walking and being curious? Hmm? You don't know? How about when we go hiking and we go to new places that we've never been, we're being curious and we're using our walking to learn about those places and we're exploring when we're hiking or walking. I want to explore. What to explore? And this from a somewhat unusual listener who wanted to play the game. And if you listened closely, you might have heard the telltale sounds of a film crew from WETA that was here doing a segment on WERA and our sister community radio station in Tacoma Park, WOWD. And when all the cameras were off and the mics were shut down, one of the crew members who'd been curious about the show asked if he could do an analogy. And he pulled a slip from the jar, and it said butterfly. And he, he thought about it for a moment. And then he said, curiosity is like a butterfly because at first it kind of inches along, and, and then it goes into this cocoon, and it looks like nothing's really happening, but there's this transformation, and, and then it emerges, and it's this beautiful thing that flies around. That's how curiosity is like a butterfly. And I thought, what a great analogy. Choose to be Curious is a show all about curiosity. We talk about research and theory, but mostly it's conversations about how curiosity shows up in work and life. From the very beginning, I wanted to introduce the analogies to add an element of surprise and whimsy. Because, let's face it, sometimes this stuff gets heavy. But sometimes the analogies insert themselves anyway, as happened when Monique Brown and Marty Swain joined me for a two-part conversation about bringing one's curiosity 
to the initiative they lead called Challenging Racism. The final phase of Challenging Racism program is about what's next. Now, a little more enlightened, what's next for each of us in standing up in the face of racism, in the face of microaggressions, in the face of a whole system that has made many white people like me blind to what's around us. I see it as a call to curiosity, that we choose to be curious about the impact of racism and the experience of race, that as Lee Munoz put it, we be curious about what we see and don't see, hear and don't hear, do and don't do. I forgot my big jar of wannabe analogies the day Mo and I spoke, so I'll return to one that was used in class. Think of racism as a moving sidewalk. As a white person, I don't have to do anything, and that sidewalk just propels me forward. In the meantime, others are working double time, carrying all their bags all by themselves, just to keep up, if that. Unless I'm actively walking in the other direction, unless I'm actively anti-racist, nothing changes. And I just continue to move ahead faster. So here's the good news. You can get better at analogies. It's kind of like curiosity. Make the choice. One strategy is to look for analogies when you read. There are a lot more of them around us than we realize. And then just notice stuff and think about how one thing is like something else. Stretch it. Purposely pick two things that you don't think have anything in common. Go ahead. Choose to analogize. So I typically end my shows with the big jar and making an analogy to curiosity. So here's my analogy for the big jar of wannabe analogies and how it was like curiosity. You have to reach in and you don't necessarily know what you're going to pull out. And the real magic of the process of the jar of curiosity is in running with whatever you find. Special thanks this week to my analogizing guests and Professor Tanya Howe. Our music today included None by Sean Ballack, Like a Pig in the Sunshine by Jorge C.E., The World is Like an Apple by Ewan Pearson, and Your Love is Like Clean Water from Song About Your Post. If you joined us late or want to catch up on this program or any of the other great programming here at Radio Arlington, check us out online and on demand at WRA. FM. You can find more about analogies on my Facebook page. Catch all my shows on Facebook, Mixcloud, SoundCloud, and now iTunes, all at Choose to Be Curious. And follow me on Twitter at Choose number two, letter B, Curious. Send me a curiosity analogy, whatever you want, your choice, hashtag analogy. I'd love to hear from you. I hope you'll join me next time when Valeria Gelman joins me to talk about curiosity and collecting oral histories here in Arlington. You're going to love the stories. Until then, choose to be curious. You drive me crazy Because the water of my life is your love Your love is like clean water 
as clear as the nighttime sky. Set your love, it's like clean water, baby. And I'm such a lucky guy. I'm such a lucky guy. Funding for Choose to be Curious on WERA 96.7 FM is provided in part by the Center for Parents and Teens, where families are strengthened through a connection built through positive communication, mutual understanding, and realistic expectations of one another. For more information, visit www.centerforparentsandteens.com.